0: Thanks for listening in to The Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. So today, I'm going to continue with part two of our Better Together series. Last week, Alex talked to us about being surrounded. And the importance about us having the right people around us, the importance of having people that are going to be there for us, that are going to pick us up when we, when we need to, when we have, maybe when we've been discouraged. And today I want to talk to you um, about relationships because they can be difficult, right? Relationships are absolutely amazing, but they can be messy. They can be problematic. They can be difficult. But God wants us to invest in relationships, to not lose sight of how important they are in our lives. But um, He has practical ways for us to be able to help us in our relationships. So today I'll be sharing with you guys a message that I've titled, Look a Little Closer. So, why don't you tell your neighbor, Look a little closer? Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Look a little closer. (laughs) And so if you can, just uh, open your Bibles and go to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. You can follow along in your Bible. You can read along with me on the screens. Colossians chapter 3. We're going to pick it up in verse 12. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And overall, these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And I love this reminder of how we are to live our lives. This reminder of what God wants us to do, how he wants us to live, how he wants us to treat people. So um, I'm excited about the word that God has for us today. I'm gonna pray that God will open up our hearts. So before we get started, let's just bow our heads and let's pray and ask God to be here with us this morning. God, we thank you so much, Jesus. We thank you for your love, your goodness, your mercy. We thank you that you have allowed us to be here this morning, to be able to be here, to be able to praise you, to be able to hear from you. God, we commit this day to you, this time that we have together. May it make us better. May it allow us to see you more clearly made. Give us perspective, God. May we leave church today changed and transformed. God, I believe that today you're going to do miracles. I believe that today you're going to set people free. I believe that today you're going to lift up our heads to see you, Jesus. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And so church, recently I um, had to go get my eyes checked. I was having some trouble with my vision. There were certain things that I couldn't see. I couldn't read. It was kind of a little bit blurry. And it was a shock to me because my whole life I've had 20-20 vision. And I was always like, my 20-20 vision, perfect vision, (laughs) you know. And all of a sudden I find myself just not being able to see things the same. So I have to go to the doctor right? You go, make your appointment, go sit down. They do this little thing where they get something really, really close to your eye and you try not to blink. And then they blow some air into your eye and then they start moving the little things and telling you one or two, A or B. Which one do you see better? Is it four or five? Five or six? And you're a little bit confused because you're a little bit like, I'm not sure. I don't know. And you know that you have to make the right decision and the right choice because... You know, they're going to give you glasses, contacts, whatever. So if you made the wrong, the wrong choice, you're going to get the wrong prescription. So there's a little bit of pressure, and you're just kind of like, oh, maybe A, B, one, two. Finally, at the end of my appointment, um, they tell me, well, Diana, you know, uh, unfortunately, you have astigmatism and myopia. And some of you are like, what is that? Well, basically, what this means is that I'm nearsighted. It means that I'm able to see things from up close with no problem, but I have a little bit of issue seeing things that are a little bit far. And the little bit that I do see can be blurry. And I I was so shocked. I was like, my 2020 vision, my days of 2020 are gone. Maybe I will blame this on the fact that I'm 30, maybe 30. The 30s didn't come alone. I don't know. I've always heard your vision goals when you're 40. I'm not trying to call anybody that's 40 old. I'm just saying this is what I was told. But I'm saying, well, I'm going to have to wear glasses. It's just, it is what it is. And I realized that a lot of people have this problem. A lot of people have problems with their vision, you know. Anybody here, maybe you're nearsighted, farsighted, you wear contacts, glasses, anybody? Come on, it's a lot of us. Yeah, so I don't feel, you know, lonely. But, you know, I started to think that, many times in our lives we can have blurry vision i started to think about the importance of vision in our own lives not just the physical ability to see but our spiritual vision life it's not just about our ability to see the superficial the natural but our our ability to actually see beyond the superficial right Our, our our ability to to have vision for the things that are just not Natural not normal now not so evident and I think that the problem with us many times is that we have become Farsighted when it comes to our vision and What I mean by this is that many times It's been very easy for us to be able to look at what other people are doing Be able to look at what people maybe are not doing what they're doing wrong But we can be so bad and have such such poor vision when it comes to ourselves when it comes to what we are doing, right? We can spend so much time going through life saying, "We well, look at what they've done. Look at what they behave. Look at, look at what they were wearing today. Look at the way they've been acting. Look at, look at what they said. Look at how they said it. But when it comes to ourselves, we can have blurry vision, right? We can be farsighted. We see what's far, but we don't always see what's close to us. And I believe that when it comes to relationships, that God wants us to be like him. You know, God has called us to be like him. And he wants us to be in relationships. He wants our relationships to be successful. And I believe that today, God wants to give us practical ways that we can put to use in our relationships, that he um, is going to give us a different perspective in the way that we see people, in the way that we act, the way that we react. And In the book of Colossians, what we just read, what's happening is that the Apostle Paul, he's writing to the church and he's addressing some of the issues that are happening at the time. But in chapter 3, he is reminding us that we um, have been risen with Christ. So he's saying because you have been risen with Christ, you need to set your heart on things above. You need to remember and realize and understand that you need to push away that old self that old person who you used to be, that old mentality. And you need to pick up your new identity and you need to wear it. And you need to own the things that God has given you, the things that God has poured over your life. You're not the person you used to be. You are a new person, you have a new identity, a new mind that is being renewed in the likeness of Jesus. But when it comes to relationships, I believe that in order to have better relationships, we need to be better people right and in order to be better people we need to be more like jesus and i'm not trying to say that our relationships depend on us right that um it depends on everything i do what i don't do but what i'm trying to say is that when we understand who jesus is when we understand these things that it will give us the perspective that we need to handle relationships in a different way that our hearts will be pure, that our hearts would just be always fixed on Jesus, and it will help us navigate through the ups and downs of relationships. So out of these verses, I just want to share with you guys uh, some of the things that I believe we can do in our own lives to better our relationships. And so the first thing that I want to share with you guys is that what we wear reflects what we believe. What we wear reflects what we believe, what we just read. Paul is saying, you have been chosen. You are God's people, so you have been called to action. I'm calling you to action. He's saying you need to clothe yourselves with these things. It's saying clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. But how many of you know that it's difficult sometimes to clothe ourselves with these things? You know, life, it's difficult, and, and when I think of clothing ourselves, it just reminds me about something that we do without even thinking about it. We clothe ourselves every day, right? Like, before we leave the house, we put on our clothes. I hope we do. I'm thankful everyone chose to put their clothes on this morning because it would have been really weird, but this is something that we don't even think about, right? We just do. Nobody needs to come and remind us of what we have to do. It's our routine, it's part of our lives. So the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, in the same way that you're clothing yourself every day and that you remember this routine, is the same way that you need to get in the routine of clothing your mind with these virtues. It's the same way that you need to remember to get in the routine of clothing and renewing your mind with who God has called you to be. Because, you know, life is difficult. And so many of us can say, well, Diana, it's difficult to to be patient and to be gentle. You know, some of us in this place, maybe you've been dealing with a certain behavior for way too long, that patience is no longer in your vocabulary. Some of us, maybe we've been made promises that we're still waiting to see them come to pass and we're just running out of patience. Maybe you're here and you're out of patience with, patience with your husband, maybe you're out of patience with your wife, maybe you're out of patience with your kids. Maybe you're saying, hey, I don't know what else to do with this behavior. I don't know how much longer they're going to tell me they're going to do this and not do it. I don't know how much longer I need to put up with this. And so what happens is that our approach is not gentle. What we do is then all of a sudden, because we run out of patience, anytime somebody talks to us, our response is not a gentle response. Our response is what? What do you want? What do you need? You're lying to me again. Are you telling me you're going to do this again and not do it? And it's all because we have lost the vision of what God has called us to do. It's all because we need to focus our vision again in in the things that God wants from our lives. And how can we say we love God when we don't have patience, when we don't have love, when we don't have compassion? How can we say we love God when we don't have humility, when we don't want to serve people? I mean, I love that in this place, week in and week out, there's a group of people, an army of people, an amazing dream team that shows up to serve you, to serve us, to serve one another. Because we realize that life is better together. Because we realize that we have been called to help each other. That we have been called to be kind and humble and gentle. This is what we do, why we do everything that we do. This is why we show up every Sunday in this place. This is why we keep telling you to join a connect group because we believe that our lives can be better when we live them in community, that our lives can be better when we spend them at the service of people, when we spend them not just in selfishness, but saying, you know what, I'm gonna be patient, I'm gonna be compassionate, I'm gonna be gentle, I'm gonna be kind to people. And you might be in this place and say, well, Diana, but it's very difficult. People have hurt me. People have done things to me that you have no idea. How, how, do I, how do I keep patience? How do I keep compassion? Well, the word tells us that we need to clothe ourselves. It's not a one-time thing. It's a journey. It's something that we need to do continuously. It's not something we're going to come to Jesus and we get all these things and we cannot, we're never going to need them again. No, God is saying, you need to come back to me because you're going to run out of patience. You need to come back to me because there's going to be times where you're not going to be humble. You need to come back to me, and you need to pick up everything that I have poured on your life. And uh, just imagine, you know, I wonder what we clothe ourselves with this morning. I wonder if this morning when you woke up, you Um, still were angry about the argument that you had yesterday with your spouse, right? So you woke up this morning, and you're wearing a little bit of anger on you. And then maybe it's the second week of class, and you say, my kid, they've already called me three times from school in two weeks. You best believe there's going to be no more Fortnite for you, no more TV, no more cell phone. Let them call me one more time. So you woke up this morning, and you already were out of patience, and then another day goes by, and this time, your husband, your wife, they just don't leave you alone, right? so take, 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 tell me, nag me, all these things, and you're fed up. And so that morning, you are not gentle, and you are not nice, and you are not kind. And all of a sudden, what can happen is that we go through life carrying all these things that we don't need to be carrying. All of a sudden, what happens is that we go through life with this weight on our shoulders that we don't need to be carrying. Because Jesus has set us free, right? Because he has given us free access to him to go and say, hey, you know what, God? I'm going to leave you all this stress. I'm going to leave you all this anger right here today. This impatience, I'm going to put it right here, and I'm going to clothe myself with kindness. And I'm going to clothe myself with mercy. But it's a continual action that we need to do. It's a continual surrender that we need to make a routine in our lives. It's a constant reminder that as the days go by, I'm going to put this down, and I'm going to pick this up. Because you know what, his goodness, his compassion, his kindness, this is a light load on our shoulders. This actually is not going to stop us, but it's going to propel us into the future that God has for us. When we pick up his kindness, his goodness, his gentleness, his compassion, it's actually setting us up in the right direction. It's setting us up to win. It's setting us up to be the kind of people that he has called us to be. But we need to get in the routine of clothing our minds with his word, with his virtues, with everything that he has for us. And I know that this might sound amazing. And, yeah, it sounds great, Diana, but I know that sometimes it's easier said than done. But when we have a heart that wants to pursue after Jesus, that wants to press on, I mean, so many times we spend so much time doing so many other things than spending time with Jesus. So many times we're so impatient and so pushy, and we keep knocking on that door, and we keep calling that same number, waiting that we'll get an answer, right? But sometimes we don't have the patience to look for Jesus. Sometimes we don't have the patience to keep knocking and say, Jesus, I need you today. Jesus, I need you to clothe me this morning with your compassion. Because I believe that when we do, that God is faithful to give us everything that we need. That God is faithful to change our hearts, that God is faithful to change our perspective, to allow us to see people and relationships differently. So the second thing that we need to learn is that the right perspective will lead us to the right attitude. It's having the right perspective. The word of God says you need to clothe yourselves, but it also says you need to bear with one another and forgive One another, just as Christ has forgiven you. So it's not just about clothing ourselves. Yeah, this is step one. We clothe ourselves. But then he's telling us you need to learn to forgive. You need to gain some perspective into your life. You need to be reminded that that when you were a sinner, Jesus died for us. That when we didn't deserve forgiveness, yet God forgave us. That when we were not lovable, Jesus chose to love us. Because, come on, now we're coming to church on Sundays. We're part of the dream team. And our lives look nice. And we can be very lovely sometimes. But Jesus knew us before we were that lovely. Right? So many of us now are like, you know, praise Jesus. Everything's great. How are you, brother, sister? It's a wonderful day, the day that the Lord has made. But Jesus knew when you weren't saying those things. Jesus knew us when we were in our mess. Jesus knew us. When we weren't that lovable, but when we weren't that kind, and yet he chose to love us. But we can so easily forget about the things that God's mercy and God's grace has covered in our lives. And we can keep that grace and that mercy from other people. Our vision can become blurry. We can go from being nearsighted to to being farsighted so easily. Where we forget... What we have done, when we forget the things that God's, God has forgiven us from, when we forget that we make mistakes, when we forget that we are sinful, when we forget that we are not perfect, and, you know, relationships are difficult, and, and you can say, Diana, well, how do I forgive? People have really hurt me. I believe that today Jesus can give us perspective, the perspective that we need and the courage and the strength that we need to forgive people. But we can't forget about our humanity. We can't forget that we are all on this journey together, that we are flawed human beings. We can't, we, we have to stop excusing ourselves and accusing other people. Because what we can often t- oftentimes do is that when we make a mistake, right, when we have sinned, when we haven't been that good or that great, you say, well, Diana, I only did that because they did that to me. I only did that because did you see the way they treated me? I only answered that person that way because, well, did you see how they spoke to me first? You know, when we do something wrong, we say, Diana, it, it was just one time. One time. It will never happen again. We say, Diana, but you know I'm not a bad person. Come on. I know I did that, but I'm good. I'm a good person. But I wonder if we will give people the benefit of the doubt. I wonder if in the same way that we excuse ourselves from the things that we do, if that's the kind of attitude and perspective that we give people. If when they make mistakes, if when they have sin, our attitude is the same to say, well, you know what? Maybe you didn't mean to do that. Well, you know what, maybe God's grace and goodness and his kindness is also stretched out to you because that same grace has been extended to us. And I love this verse in Matthew chapter seven. It says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye. I wonder if we can live life through this perspective. I wonder if the next time that we want to say something about someone, if the next time that we want to accuse or judge somebody, we can first take a a closer look at ourselves. If we can first say, well, have I been perfect? Have I never made mistakes? And that's gonna give us the perspective to have the right attitude with people. And you know, I am by no means trying to take away from the reality of the pain that people may have caused us. I know there's people in this place that maybe you've been through a lot. Maybe people have used you and abused you and broken your heart, walked out on you. Maybe people have caused such pain and brokenness in your life that you say, Diana, but how do I forgive? How do I get get past this place where I'm at right now? You know, what we need to understand is that Jesus wants us to be free. Jesus wants to set us free. He doesn't want us to be carrying around things that we're not meant to be carrying around. And I know that it's not easy to bear with people and forgive people. But maybe we need to change our perspective. Maybe today we need to remind ourselves that when we forgive, we're not excusing what people have done. We're not saying, it's okay, it's fine. We're actually releasing ourselves. We are setting ourselves free. We're setting ourselves free from unforgiveness, from bitterness. We are setting ourselves free so that we can turn around and go in the direction that God wants us to go. God doesn't want us, his sons and his daughters, to be stuck in a situation, to be stuck in a moment. He's saying, if you would just let go, if you would just make that decision, you could then look to me and follow me, follow me where I'm taking you. And I know it's not easy. One of the most difficult relationships in my life and one of the most painful relationships has been our relationship with my father. And for many years, I blamed him for you know, breaking my family. I, I blamed him for destroying our family. I blamed him for breaking my mom's heart. I blamed him for abandoning me when I was still a little girl. I blamed him for the way that I had to live my life, for the struggles that I had to go through. I blamed him for my character, my reaction, who I was, who I turned out to be. But you know what the beautiful thing about coming into our relationship with Jesus is, is that he heals your heart is that he begins to give you perspective. And when I said yes to Jesus, Jesus began to do our work in my life and in my heart. And all of a sudden, he, he started speaking to me and saying, Diana, um, I know you've blamed him for all of these things. And I know that the pain is real, and I know how you have felt, but could it be, could it be that maybe it wasn't about you? Could it be that maybe it wasn't that he wanted to break your heart, your family, your future? Could it be that maybe it was more about him? Could it be that maybe what he had to go through, what he had to see, the way he grew up, the way he lived his life, maybe that's what shaped him up to be the person that he was. Maybe it wasn't a reflection of you or your future. Maybe it was a reflection of the things that he had to live through. Do you know what he had to go through? Do you know the things he had to see? Do you know his pain? Do you know the things he's seen in life? And that gave me the perspective so that I could choose to forgive, so that I could choose to release him from the offense, from all this bitterness that I was holding on to. And let me tell you something, life didn't magically change. The pain didn't just magically go away. Life wasn't all of a sudden perfect. The struggles were still there. I was still dealing with my emotions, but you know what changed? My heart. All of a sudden, I realized that my my heart could be set free, that I didn't need to go through life holding on to things that I didn't need to carry with me. But I wonder if we can have that perspective with people. I wonder if we can come to a place where we understand that we have never walked a day in someone else's shoes. I want you to do something. I want you to look around at your row, at the people on your row. It's not gonna be weird. To your left, to your right. Just look at them in the eye. It's not, I promise you it's not gonna be weird. Just look at them for a second. Look at them in the eye. You know, the thing about us is that as you look to your left and as you look to your right, we can be reminded that I don't know what they've been through. I see a face. I see someone sitting next to me. Maybe they were singing very obnoxiously during worship. Maybe they praise way too loud. But I don't know them. I don't know their lives. I don't know what they've had to face. I don't know the battles that they've had to fight in the same way that they don't know me. They don't know the battles that I've had to fight. They don't know the things that I've had to face. And so maybe this will give me some perspective that next time somebody hurts me, that next time I don't understand, that maybe I can get the right perspective and say, you know what? I'm going to give you the same grace and mercy that God extended to me when I didn't deserve it. The same grace and mercy that saved me, that pulled me out of a mess. That same grace that didn't hold what I had done against me, but actually saw who I could become. The grace that didn't look at me and say, you're always going to be in that place. Because we can do that with people. We can hold people and almost take a picture of what they've done and hold that on to them for the rest of their lives. But that's not who Jesus is. That's not who our God is. Our God is compassionate and patient and humble And kind. He said, you are my son, you are my daughter. I'm not just looking at the mistake you've made. I'm not just looking at your sin. I know who you could be. I know who I've created you to be. And you know, I really believe that we can't just be receivers of grace. We need to be dispensers of grace. The same grace that has saved us. And the last thing that we need to do is that we need to remember that what abides in us will pour out of us. I love this verse in 1 John chapter 4. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves God, who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And I love this. I love that at the end of that verse we read at the beginning, it says that love binds it all together. Because if we don't understand love, then none of this would make sense. If we don't understand true love, then these words are going to be nothing more than words. But if you're here and you have a relationship with Jesus, if you are here and you've put your faith in Jesus, then his spirit lives in you. Which means that love lives in you. Love abides in you whether you see it, believe it, don't believe it. Love lives in you but we need to remind ourselves of what he has done. We need to remind ourselves of this gracious love, this compassionate love, this humble love that came to rescue us. And because this love came to live inside of us, now this love needs to pour out of us. We didn't get this love to keep it to ourselves. We didn't get this forgiveness and this mercy so we can say, oh, I'm so good. I go to church on Sundays. I sing a few songs and I know a few Bible verses. I can quote them to you right now. He gave us this love and this mercy and this compassion so that we can go out there to the people who don't know it, to the people that are broken and hopeless and lost, to the people that don't know what true love is and that we can turn around and say, hey, I can show you what love is. Hey, I can point you to the source of love. Hey, love lives in me and love can live in you. Hey, I've been forgiven. I have a hope, I have a future. You do too. But what happens is that we go through life sometimes not even believing as Christians, believing that this love, that this power lives in us. And God is saying, it's time that you wake up and it's time that you understand that my spirit lives in you. That the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. That you have been chosen, that you have been called for a reason. That when we leave these doors, when we turn on the radio, when we turn on the TV, when we hear stories about people who are broken, who are hurting, people who haven't heard that there's a God in heaven that loves them, that there is hope for their lives, people who are deep in addiction and pain, that we can go to them and say, hey, I can show you love. That we can go to them and say, hey, you know what? I can show you humility and compassion and kindness and patience. Love lives in us and so it needs to pour out of us. Why don't you stand up on your feet this morning? You know, I believe that we are not here by coincidence. I believe that every single person that made it to this place this morning was because God wanted to speak to you. I don't know if you have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know if you've put your faith in Jesus. But if you have, and you can say, Diana, I, I admit that I have been impatient. I admit that, you know, maybe I'm not that humble all the time. And that not that compassionate all the time. Maybe as you were spe- speaking, I remember people in my own life that I need to forgive. Hey, let's remember this morning that sometimes just because people sin, different than our sin it doesn't make us any better it doesn't make them any worse it just qualifies them for the same grace that was given to us so this morning before we leave this is our time our time to say I'm gonna leave this behind I'm gonna push aside this old person that tries to come out sometimes this this old mentality and I'm gonna wear and I'm gonna clothe myself with the mind of Jesus and I'm gonna ask God today is a day where you're gonna give me the strength that I need to release people today is a day where you're gonna give me the strength to let go of the things that I need to stop carrying today is a day that we can make that choice but maybe there's people in this place that you've heard me speak about Jesus and you don't really know who Jesus is, you really don't know about this love, you don't know about the Savior, you don't know about this God who sent His Son to die for us, today's the day where you could enter into our relationship with Him. So with every eye closed and with every head bowed, just for privacy and concentration. If you're in this place and you can say, Diana, I, I've made so many mistakes. Diana, I, I've, I've done so many things, so much wrong. I don't think God can love me. I don't think God can forgive me. Maybe you're in this place and you say, Diana, but I'm so broken. But people have abused me. But people have done things to me. How is it that I'm loved by God? This morning, I'm here to remind you that God is not a judge in heaven who's pointing out his finger at everything that you have done. He's a father who has his arms wide open saying, come to me saying in me you can find healing in me you can find freedom in me you can find the love that perhaps you have never experienced because we all of us in this place we are sinners none of us are any different but God was so gracious that he sent his one and only son that he would die on the cross for us so that we can have life and life more abundantly so that we wouldn't have to go through life defeated and broken today is the day where if you say yes to Jesus, his spirit, his power, his love will abide in you. Today is a day where God can set you free. Today is a day where you can secure your salvation. Where you could say, God, I trust you. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm gonna give you a chance when I count to three, if that's you in this place. If you're saying, Diana, I want that love. Diana, I want that forgiveness. Diana, I want that change in my life. Diana, I want to experience freedom. Diana, I want the savior to embrace me, to change me. At the count of three, I just want to raise your hand so I can acknowledge you. Lord, if that's you in this place, if you're saying yes to Jesus, if you're saying yes to forgiveness, yes to love, yes to mercy and compassion, just raise your hand. One, two, three. If that's you, God bless you. 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 you. We're going to say a prayer together and it's not the prayer that saves, but it's our faith in Jesus. And I'm gonna ask the whole church to repeat after me and we're gonna do this together and this is gonna be the beginning of your relationship with Jesus. Say, dear God, thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God, that you died for my sins and that you resurrected on the third day. Come into my life, come into my heart, be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can we celebrate?